right, and we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak, getting you up to speed after the Saints 17-10 victory over the Cleveland Browns. The first time all season the Saints have won back-to-back games, and the first time in Dennis Allen's career that he has won back-to-back games. Now, you could get super technical and say he won last year in in relief of Sean Payton and then he won in week one of this season but I don't think he would consider that to be back-to-back wins and uh, I'm not going to either so this is officially the first time in Dennis Allen's career he has won back-to-back games and so now if you're the Saints you're trying to win back-to-back-to-back-to-back games and uh, that sounds unlikely but not impossible and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna keep watching that that Eagles game they scored another touchdown so they're up 10 points so if you have to go to New Year's Day against a team that does not try, that you know that has t- no incentive, you know, uh, I don't hate I don't hate that ability. Uh, if you're the Saints, all right. So let's get to some questions. It's gonna be the live mailbag portion. If you're watching, you want to throw a comment in. You want to get you want to you want to tell me how stupid I look with his hat on. You want to tell me how much you hate Dennis Allen or how much you know Taysom Hill should be getting the ball more. You know, I agree with all those takes. So you can put them in there, and I'll agree with you. Anyway, throw them in there wherever you're watching. Hit a comment, and uh, I'll get to them. But first. Tank a ton three beats. Now that I'm sorry, Tonk a ton three beats. That's quite a name. Says maybe I should keep wearing my Saints skull cap like the last two games. Well, if they if they win and you are wearing a certain piece of equipment, then you should continue wearing it. Now I have to wear this hat next week, and uh, I probably will. Although it's supposed to be a lot warmer next week. I looked up the the forecast, and it's going to be in the 60s when the Saints get to Philadelphia. So uh, we won't have to hear about the unbearable cold anymore after this one. Tier one solutions, 28. Unfortunately, DA will be saved. Shame. And here's another one. Says, I hate that DA probably saved his season. He's a nice person, but not a head coach. He should have been released after the Tampa meltdown. You know, like, I get it. I really do. I understand why people feel this way. Um, But I need you to understand this is not the way the Saints feel. They could have lost out. And I don't think that DA would have been fired unless there were other factors coming around you know if players were revolting if they were doing that I've said this you know repeatedly this is not a team that's going to hit a knee-jerk reaction and fire the head coach in year one not going to and and I think this result is a good example of of why the team does not does not feel this kind of resentment toward the head coach the team is still playing hard Right, you are still putting up positive results, and you know it's like obviously like the Brown, the, the the Bucks game, right? You blew that game, but you know it was a good game. You played a good game, and you blew it. You know, like we can pretend that that it's all on the head coach, right? We can pretend that it has nothing to do with the players not executing, but like this team isn't going to fire Dennis Allen. I'm sorry. Like maybe if Sean Payton walks back into town with Tom Brady in his arms, I've said that previously. There's a chance, but that's not going to happen just to just to restart with somebody new. But yeah, Ryan. McG, did AK break or tie Colston's Saints TD record today? He actually did get asked about this in the post game. Alvin doesn't like talking about his own stuff, and uh, so he kind of just brushed it off. Um, he, if you go back, it's the answer where he talked about how it's been a down touchdown season for him, which of course it is. He had three touchdowns against the Raiders, which is when he got to one shy of Colston's record of seventy-two. And he took him five weeks to actually tie it. But yes, he did tie it today. I want to say that he is his 49th career rushing touchdown. I think he has 22 receiving touchdowns and then one return touchdown, which he got during his rookie season. 
He's also two rushing touchdowns shy of tying Mark Ingram for the franchise rushing TD record. But yeah, so his next touchdown will give him that solo record. And he's not a guy that strikes me as someone who really cares that much, but it's it's going to be a record in his uh, column either way. There's Tonka Ton again. The players, I think, need to adjust to some plays of their, of their own, like Joe Burrow did at LSU. He basically called the plays based on the defense. He read Dalton should be as well. I mean, every every NFL quarterback is expected to understand how to audible and to read a defense and to, to check into uh, looks. In this game specifically, you know, you're not doing a ton of that. You're, you're, you're running it. You're, and you're running it again, and you're running it again. He threw 15 times. I actually think they got a little too aggressive in the passing game in the first half of this game. And when the, the interception ticked off Juwan's hands and you kind of saw like, okay, this is how you lose this game, by being, by being mistake-prone and doing silly things and not just pounding the ball down their throat like they're going to try to do to you. And when they went down 10 to nothing, I didn't think they were going to have – I didn't think they had the juice to come back. But, you know, they, they sandwiching halftime with scores, which – you know, Tom Brady was always the best at that. You know, it seemed like every game he was he was pulling something off like that. It changes the dynamic of a game, right? Like when you're able to do that and you're able to completely swing momentum, it can change in a hurry. And uh, and that's what happened in this game. But in most cases, you know, the quarterback does have the ability to kind of shift. And it's the reason that people remember it from Joe Burrow in college is that it's it's a lot it's a lot rarer to see a college quarterback with the ability to read and react the way that the way that Joe did, right? Like a lot of NFL, I'm sorry, a lot of college quarterbacks, they're just they're running the plays. You know, they're they're doing the check with me's on the sideline. If the coach tells them to check, they'll check. But like in in Joe's case, you know, he he had the ability to to do that on his own, and that's part of the reason he was so dominant in college. In the NFL, everyone's expected to do that. So that's not as big of an advantage. And Andy Dalton certainly can. Andy Dalton is what is in his 12th NFL season. He can certainly read a defense and react to it. Um, the, the issue today was just the inability to do anything creative, right? Like even, even on the throws that didn't get completed, you know, like the Juwan Johnson interception, it's not really on the throw. It's a diving catch. It's one that he'd probably make in reasonable conditions. I'm not blaming Juwan for tipping it up in the air, and it's just not a catch that you can expect him to make in the in these conditions. Keith Kirkwood, you know, those are two catches that if his hands aren't numb, he probably makes. You know, well, the second one, I, I genuinely believe that the ball got blown off course. It's like there was a gust of wind that changed where the ball was at the last second. And that's what happens when you're trying to deal with that wind. And in the fourth quarter, you're playing into the wind. And that's why there's a significant difference. And uh, I think Andy actually did did mention that um, in his postgame. Uh, yes, there was. I mean, when you were against the wind, I felt like there was uh, – I mean, you could definitely tell. And, um, I mean, the way it was today, you could go out there at times and you didn't feel like the wind was a factor and then it would gust and – uh, you just didn't know when the gusts were going to happen. Was was that specific on that last Kirkwood one that, that almost kind of hit him in the helmet? I mean, did that feel like it was going to the exact spot and then it almost kind of got rejected by the wind at the last second? Yeah, that's you know that's one of those things where it's unfortunate. I felt like it was in a in a good spot and then at the last second, I think the ball moved. Yeah, and so that's what happens. And so like you can check into the perfect play, you can have the perfect play designed. You know, if a gust of wind blows the ball four feet to the left of where it was supposed to be and where you were planning on it being, it's not going to matter whether you have the right play or not. But I, I mean, I, I agree. I think this offense does get too too bogged down in its in its ideas sometimes. It's like just 
make the common sense play call, right? Why why are you not just just lining up and running QB power in this game? Like even like the excuse the excuse that Dennis gave and you know it's it's not on Dennis. It's on Pete, you know, and and I I agree very much with the takes that I think you should find a more innovative offensive coordinator to to run this offense and you know next season, but you know, that's something that you really have to put on put on Pete. Uh, I mean, like, how, there's no excuse for not running just a QB power set. And the excuse that Dennis gave, um, which is fair to some extent, is, you know, you're putting him up there. You're putting Taysom and Alvin in the backfield, and it's a read situation. So if you are getting a certain look, you are doing a certain thing. It is not like, well, it's looking this way, but I want to keep it. No, it's, you know, you're doing a box count and you're like, okay, this is where you hand it off. This is where you hand it off. This is where we're going to shift over. And so because you were getting certain looks, it meant that Taysom wasn't getting the ball. And I would counter with, fine, call a power run and say Taysom's taking the ball (laughs) because they didn't stop him. They didn't stop him. He had nine carries. He should have had 15. Um, And they got away with it uh, because they were able to be hyper-efficient sandwiching half and they got a key turnover but if the saints had lost that game we would be talking about how they completely bungled the most obvious obvious play calling situation that we have seen is like this is a game Taysom hill is built for just give him the dang ball and let him run with jonas avery tomasi i can't for the life of me understand why da won't leave Taysom in when we are in rhythm well i mean again this is a good example of like People want to just blame Dennis Allen for everything. But Dennis Allen is not calling the plays. Like, And I think part of it is for such a long time, whenever anything went wrong with the offense, you could blame Sean Payton because he was calling the plays, right? Like it was not unfair to blame Den- Sean Payton when the offense wasn't doing a certain thing, right? When the offense was making decisions that you didn't agree with and they didn't run in certain situations when it made more sense to run, you know, when they, with the time management, that sort of thing like that, was, that was on Sean. But if the defense did something oddly dumb or like the call didn't make sense, that that would have been something that you couldn't really blame on Sean because he wasn't the one calling it. He made some bigger decisions and like he would decide whether you were doing certain things, but he wouldn't call the plays. Like in this instance, Dennis is making the decision of like, okay, are we going on fourth down? Should we run it versus pass it on like a fourth and short, a two-point conversion, that sort of thing, clock management stuff. He's not deciding whether Taysom's going to stay on the field or not in any certain situation. Like you have to deputize your play caller for that. And if he is having too much of a say in the play calling, that's a problem too. You need your play caller. You need your offense coordinator to be able to make those decisions on their own. Otherwise you're just getting bogged down. Like does Dennis Allen, like I have criticized Dennis Allen plenty. Does he seem like a guy who you want to be giving more responsibility to in game? No, you need to be able to deputize the offensive coordinator to make common sense decisions. And if Dennis has to go over there and say, hey, Pete, can we give Taysom the ball and let him run it? Then that's an offensive coordinator problem that you need to that you need to adjust and fix. And it's not something you can fix in season, but um, it's frustrating to say the least. Like I was very frustrated when you got to the end of the first quarter playing with the wind and you just did not use Taysom Hill at all. I think Taysom Hill should have if you're if you're putting him in there, he should be having the option to throw passes too. Like this was a very, very limited Taysom game plan in a game where it should have been wide open. Uh, And it wasn't. So 
they won in spite of it, and you're not going to deal with conditions like this again. Even in Philadelphia, it's going to be a lot warmer. You might have some wind, but you're not going to have crazy 30-mile-an-hour winds because they're not right next to Lake Erie. Um, but, you know, it, it's just frustrating when you have the pieces that make sense and you don't use them in the way that makes sense. Uh, and that's that happens too often for this offense. I have a foreign company. In order for this to work, we need with DA, we need an offense coordinator who has an alpha mentality and a new creative approach. I agree with that 100%. And it has nothing to do with whether Pete Carmichael is a good offensive mind or whether he's a good coach. I, I don't think that he has, and you put it the correct way, I don't think that he commands a room the way you need to when you don't have an offensive head coach because you never had to with Sean Payton. And I, and I think that, you know, if you're asking him, if you, if you want him to be honest, he would be honest and tell you that, yeah, he's not an alpha. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really kind of shown this year. I think some of the difficulties when you switch sides of the ball with the head coach and you don't have an established like leader of that group. And I'm just not sure if you have it, but I agree with that. I think that that is when you're looking at how you can make changes this off season without cleaning house, cause they're not going to. You know, that's the most obvious place and you can, you just want to find someone who's going to, who's going to bring fresh perspective and, and make some, you know, like you don't have need, you don't need the Matt Canada's of the world, but you know, bringing up someone from the college ranks who can be a little more creative, especially if you are going to continue to incorporate Taysom Hill in this very college way, why not bring up a college offensive coordinator who, who might have some, some chops that you, that you wouldn't already have, you know? So we'll see if they do that. I also wouldn't be surprised if they just run it back with P. Carmichael, <laughs> to be honest, because the Saints front office is absurdly dedicated to the people in the room. Too fast for death. Andy made some really good throws. Yeah, I mean, Andy Andy didn't have a bad game. You know, the interception obviously was tough, but, you know, all you can do is throw it where you're supposed to throw it. I think they threw too much. I think 15 passing attempts was probably more than you than you needed. Like, I like the fact that they just handed it to Taysom three times or, you know, snapped it to Taysom three times in the red zone late in the first half because the only thing you could have done there and 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 made a mistake was throw was turn the ball over, was throw an interception. And they made sure not to do it. You didn't get in the end zone, but, like, you needed to assert your will in that situation. Rose City, you heard M3, says the Eagles, the Eagles uh, just fumbled. So they're up 27-20. It's uh, it's all right. It's all right, guys. It's all right. I do have Devontae Smith in my fantasy matchup, and he, he apparently had a big play. So let's keep it going. All right. Eugene Sutherland is one more. He says, it is still hashtag Dennis Allen fired for me. I get it, y'all. I, I really do. I get it. It's frustrating. Six and nine, you know, when, when you look at the grand scheme of like the NFL and like how, how bad teams operate and how good teams operate and, and like where things can go and how bad it can get. The fact that you're six and nine and a stone's throw away from finishing eight and nine, right? Like for how bad this season has gone, like keep in mind, you know, like look, go look over at Houston. Go look over at that one and 12 team, you know, like there's some bad teams out there. And in the end, at the end of the day, like the biggest difference between a, between a team that's on track and a team that's not on track is whether you have a quarterback in the building. And so that's, to me, that's the bigger question than Dennis Allen is, who is the quarterback for this team? And it's not it's not Andy Dalton. It can't be Andy Dalton. Like he is the quarterback right now, and he's he's 35 years old, and he's good enough to be a placeholder and a bridge. But you need to figure out who the long term starting quarterback is. And you know, like you're not gonna you're not gonna hire a coach until you have an idea. Oh, the Texans did win today, so great. They have two wins. 
Oh, they beat Tennessee 19 to 14. Yep. You're not going to hire a new head coach and say, okay, yeah, go find a quarterback, right? Like you, you need to figure out who that long-term answer is um, before you, before you try to drag someone else into this, into this, this fire. Um, and if Dennis Allen can win games in the process then he's going to be the guy that keeps leading this team. Um, but yeah. And the problem is you don't have a quarter, you don't have a first round pick that you can go draft him with, but it does seem like, uh, Sean Payton is, uh, is, uh, you know, kind of getting, getting things done. He, uh, it looks like he's got Vic, Vic Fangio on the line. That's what Adam Schefter reported that he's already kind of put together a coaching staff for his eventual new team. And Vic Fangio would be his, his go-to defensive coordinator, obviously a guy that Saints fans know well. Um, was actually in the Superdome to talk about the Dome Patrol. I think he was talking about Sam Mills earlier this season, Ricky Jackson, Pat Swelling, Vaughn Johnson, those guys. So yeah, maybe you get that first round pick and maybe maybe you're able to get a... I really like Will Levis. I like his pizza opinions. He's growing on me. But all right. I think that's going to oh, wrap it up. Hopefully it warms up soon. It's cold since Steve will be on his way back from the Cleve in time for Christmas. Hope everyone's had a good holiday. Hope everyone is staying safe and uh, get some good presents tomorrow that, you know, and you already got one, which is a Saints win. And uh, hopefully Christmas night, you will get another win with a Bucks loss to the Trace McSorley led Cardinals. All right, guys. Thanks everyone for chiming in. I know it's Christmas Eve, so I didn't expect a whole ton of interaction, but I do appreciate y'all that are here. As always, if you could go wherever you get your podcast, hit the subscribe button. Uh, I do appreciate that. You know, it, it means so much to me when people leave reviews and leave comments and leave ratings. And so I appreciate everyone who, uh, who, who helps us make this a thing. Thanks, y'all. Go Saints. Peace. And Merry Christmas.